Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at TSB Television. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another virtual edition of Miked Up Sports, the show that goes in-depth with the people who build our sports community. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, it stopped a lot of seasons in progress, and one of those athletes who didn't get the chance to finish the season and hasn't gotten a chance to play AAU is Adalia McKenzie of Park Center, but that hasn't stopped her from becoming one of the top scorers in the state over the last several years Adalia, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Adalia, what have you been doing for the last couple of months? Because normally you would be in AAU mode right now. I'm sure you would have been gearing up for your senior season. You had a great junior season, but how have you handled life as an athlete without AAU to look forward to? Um... I was really looking forward to AAU, but when I found out, like, it might be canceled and, like, it was put on hold, like, it was kind of tough, but to keep myself busy, um, I've been doing schoolwork still because we have online school, which has been well. It isn't hard, but we do get more work. I feel like we get more work, but it's manageable, but um, I always used to train, like, almost every day, so, like, still training now since, like, nothing's open. Like, it's nothing new to me. Like, I get in the gym. I have a gym in my house. I have a court, a sport court. So I get in the gym. I do workouts there. And I work out, like, I do hills and sand pit in the mile with PJ. Um, Paul Jr. is my trainer. One of the many talented members of the Hill Clan, if you don't know who PJ Hill is. And you know, he's got a daughter who... I'm sure I'll be covering in a few years' time. So, Adalia, you've been doing a lot of training. What would you say are some of the pros and cons to not having an AAU season? Because on the one hand, you don't get a chance to play. But on the other hand, I've got a feeling that in some ways you've been able to recharge. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll say pros is um, being able to work on my game more. because. Um, it'll be hard to like have a game and still work have three games one day and then still try to work on my game so now I have a lot of time to rest and be in the gym and just do my own workouts but um I would say there are many cons to it because I can't travel that's like one of the most fun parts about um traveling and with AU but um another thing I was gonna have a new AAU team, like with North Tartan. We have like new teammates and I'll have new coach. And I was really looking forward to um, playing with them, but can't right now. Um, I'll say another thing is just, I miss practice and playing for the state championship and all that. The tournament's really fun. And like, it feels weird not going like tournament. Emotionally, how have you handled things and how do you plan the future? It's tough to do 
since we don't know what this virus, what anything will look like in a few months, but you know, hopefully we can have games again. And at the same time, I know I've accepted the chance that maybe I won't get to cover any games next season. I know you put in a lot of work to get to where you are. And so how have you handled this emotional roller coaster? Oh, well, I'm a very positive person. So I always try to see the good in every bad situation. Like knowing everything's canceled, like I see it as an opportunity to get better. And, um, I think I've handled it well emotionally. Like sometimes it can get hard because, you know, can't do certain stuff, can't see my friends, can't go to Lifetime and get in the gym that way. But um, it's just good knowing like I have time to be with my family and just work on my game and rest up. So I think I've handled it pretty well because I know everything happens for a reason. So just trusting God in the whole situation. Well, I remember telling another friend of mine who coaches at Minnehaha when unexpected things happen, you probably heard of the line, we plan, God laughs, although this was not what I had in mind when I <laughs> brought it up to him many months ago. I imagine you've heard that line and you're thinking, yeah, I don't think this is what <laughs> anyone had in mind. Yeah. That being said, it's good to keep a positive outlook on things and you've had a lot of positives over the years. So I'm wondering, when did you get that first itch to play the sport of basketball? Um, after I watched Kobe Bryant's last game, I remember telling my mom that I wanted to play basketball. And my first year playing, like being on the actual team is my sixth grade year. That was only four years ago. And I'm a little floored because a lot of kids usually get into it around eight, nine, and mm -hmm. you didn't really find that itch, you're telling me, until Kobe Bryant's last game. So before then, what were you thinking as far as extracurricular activities or sports or things you wanted to do? And what was it about Kobe Bryant's 60-point walk-off that convinced you to play basketball? Well, um, before I started playing basketball, my dad and my uncle and like other church members would go to the gym and play five on five. And I remember I always used to try to like play with them. And I always run on the court and get in the way. And my dad used to tell me when I was a baby, when they were playing on the court in the backyard, that I would always used to get in the way too with the ball and stuff. So. I've always had like basketball around me, but I used to play the violin before I started playing basketball. But when I started playing basketball, like I stopped doing the violin because I was like, basketball is what I want to do. And um, Kobe Bryant game, like I just saw like how great he was. I'm like, I want to be like that. So like that really inspired me to play. Well, and down the road, maybe you'll have time to play both basketball and the violin. <laughs> maybe. Well, I've met some basketball players who have some musical chops. So, you know, hey, don't give up on that violin yeah. passion of yours either just yet. So was Kobe Bryant an athlete you looked up to or were there some other athletes on the men's or women's side that you idolized growing up? Um, it, it's always been Kobe Bryant because that's my dad's favorite player. So, like, I always hear my dad talk about him and 
we we always used to watch his highlight videos and games. But for the female side, my more I used to watch all her game, the championship games, highlights, and interviews. Like that, that's still my favorite WNBA player. I had a few moments with Maya Moore covering the Lynx for 10 years, so I'll never forget the game winner in game three of the 2015 finals when she hit that buzzer beater with 1.7 seconds left. And you probably saw Mm -hmm. folks do a side-by-side between her shot and Michael Jordan's uh, shot all the way back in 1989. And, you know, much like you, highly spiritual figure, another annual ritual and you may have seen this, and if not, no big deal, was interviewing her and covering her at the Faith and Family Night events that the Lynx would host. Yeah. She's really inspiring because she's, like, very spiritual, too. And not too many people are very open about it, and she is. Like, she took a break from the WNBA to go help um, the guy that was in jail. So that's really inspiring. Yes, and I remember my colleagues talking about how rare that is, how crazy it would sound for most players to take a year off, in her case now two years, but just to walk away in the middle of your career at the height of it to help someone out. Mm -hmm. And for Kobe Bryant, I know these last few months (laughs) – had to have been wild because, you know, we're still dealing with the pandemic. In January, we were all processing his death, which was a big shock for all of us. And I know you have uh, Kobe Bryant as your Instagram photo. Mm -hmm. So how did you handle that? I'm guessing you never met him, but you looked up to him, watched a lot of his games and probably saw a lot of his performances going all the way back to 96 and, you know, in the middle of your junior season has, you know, some folks might compare you to Kobe, who knows, you know, all of a sudden we find out he's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, when I found out I was at church, like church just got done and my friend that was with me, she was like, Kobe died. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, stop playing. And she showed me the um, news post. I was like, I was like, so shocked I didn't believe it at first but then when on the news I was crying I cried for like almost a week it was just so heartbreaking because his daughter was with him too and like all those lives it was lost in the helicopter it was just a sad story but um it was really hard for me because yeah I looked up to him and I remember always watching his highlights before games you know getting that mamba mode but um, he did a lot for women's basketball and men's basketball and just for the world in general so it just hurt a lot but he's still with us so yes you're not the only one to tell me how upset they were at his death for all the reasons you spoke of and that was what I admired most about him is he was going to be a great ambassador for the game both the men and the women he you probably saw images of he and his daughter Gianna just chatting it up and I remember he brought up Rachel Banham in a press conference during his last season after she's hit a side fade I think to get a buzzer beater win over Iowa and Kobe watched the play and 
You probably also know of his friendship with Sabrina Ionescu. So, mm -hmm. you know, I can see why a lot of women look up to him as athletes. And like you said, the Mamba mode is still with us. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a few more eights and 24s next basketball season. Right. What was your favorite moment, if you can recall, as you were watching all of Kobe Bryant's film and drawing inspiration from him? What did you enjoy or idolize most about his game? His mentality and his mindset. Like, he was a great player, but if you don't have the mindset of being a great player, you can't be great. So his mindset, like the Mamba mentality, that was really inspiring because that helped me with my confidence and just going out there and playing my game, playing hard and dominating the floor. Now, you got your first itch in sixth grade. Do you remember the first competitive basketball game you took part in and what you made of that experience? Uh, yeah. Um, sixth grade, yeah. My first team I was on, I was on B team for traveling basketball. Then my seventh grade year, I got on A team. So the most challenging game, like most competitive game was playing against Osseo Maple Grove, their traveling basketball team, like they were always so good. And we almost beat them, but we only lost by three points, but it was a really competitive game. And I really enjoyed that game. So what was it like being on the B team? It sounds crazy now with what you've done at Park Center, but to start on the B team and then make your way up to you know the A team where I'd say you've been for the last several years, but what did you learn from that one year on the B squad? And how do you think that helped you prepare for the role you've taken up now? Um, I remember I was so happy just to make the team. Like I didn't have a goal to be on 18, but all my friends were on 18. So that was, I was like, dang, I wish I was playing with my friends, but. I really learned to have that relationship with my teammates. And it was just fun playing with them. I knew we weren't the best, but we still played hard. And I remember I progressed faster than everyone else. So I had to learn how to take that leadership role that year, my first year playing. So that was pretty fun. And so what did you learn as far as leadership skills when you realized that you were making your way up through the pack? Um... I realized that I was the best player and my teammates weren't as good. So I guess that taught me to be um, a good leader by getting my teammates involved and helping them out. Like if I know I'm better than you at this, I want you to come to my level. So I'll challenge my team and I'll push them and encourage them. Like I feel like I'm one of the best encouragers because I always want to see people do good. So I always let them know like, you got this, don't give up. But it really teaches me to be a verbal leader. Like, and that's what I'm still working on, like still being verbal and talking. Now you mentioned progressing as quickly as you did. Did you have the Kobe Bryant uh, step back jumper down by sixth grade? <laughs> no, 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 not there, no, no. <laughs> still working on that? Yeah, actually, I got that in my bag. My dad taught me it like, five months ago and you mentioned your family 
being involved in basketball. I knew your father was a pastor. I didn't know a whole lot about your family. So it sounds like they had a history with basketball as well. Yeah. My dad used to play basketball. Like he'll play semi-pro, but he didn't play for like his high school or in college, but he was really athletic and really good. My older brother, he played traveling basketball for, for Park Center. He went to Park Center, but he didn't finish out school, but he was really good at basketball too. And I have a younger sister who's coming up after me, Kyrie McKenzie, and she plays basketball. So Park Center fans, I guess we'll have another McKenzie to look forward to uh, when Adalia graduates. So uh, don't fret just yet. So what did you learn? How did you grow in your time from sixth, seventh, eighth grade, because I don't recall when you started varsity. I remember seeing you in ninth grade, but not hearing about you before then. Uh, so how were you molding your skill set at that time? Um, I would just work on certain parts of my game because um, it's just getting better in the progress. So I would just work on finishing my layup with my right hand and my left hand. Then I'll do ball hand dribbling. Then I'll work on my shooting because my shooting wasn't always great, especially at the three, but uh, worked on my mid-range and worked on my threes. So as the years went by, I just worked on certain parts of my game. A lot of folks around the metro, around the state, consider you to have one of the quickest first steps in prep basketball. And we've seen your explosiveness on display throughout the years, your ability to get through opponents. Where did you find that agility and how have you amplified that over the years? I never really did like workouts to get that. So I really believe it's a God-given gift because I never really did um, like footwork drills until like my sophomore year. So like I've always had that quick first step and I just think that's a God-given gift. So how cool is it to know you can run through opponents or if they try to set a screen or try to set a pick or what have you, you know, I can sneak past you. Oh, yeah, I love that about my game. Like, just knowing I'm so fast, I can get through, and I just use it to my advantage. And it makes the game easier for me. <laughs> easier for you and probably a living nightmare for all the opponents that have to go against you, <laughs> no matter what happens in a game. Uh, so what led you to Park Center? Um, my older sister went to Park Center. My older brother went to Park Center, and we lived so close to Park Center, so that was just the next step for me. I'm wondering what your approach was, because I'm sure you heard about the state championships that Kayla McMorris and her crew won, and Michaela Hayes, and Ann Simonette, mm -hmm. and Daniel Schaub, and you come in after that group graduates, and so the Park Center teams that you've been a part of look considerably different than the teams that won state. So what was that like for you when you suited up in a Park Center uniform for the first time? Um, I At first, it was like a lot of pressure because I was one of the best players. So 
I used to like be hard on myself. Like, I want to be that good. I want to get to state. You know, I want to keep the legacy going. But I didn't really. I stopped having that mindset of seeing it as pressure. But I changed that mindset and I saw it as an opportunity to be the one to take the next step and um, go to state and just lead my team to victory. But I remember I always used to watch um, Danielle and um, Caleb and um, um, everyone else when I was playing traveling basketball. So it was pretty cool knowing like what steps I had to take. And although their state titles came before you were committed to the sport of basketball, did you draw any inspiration since, you know, you've grown up in the Park Center neighborhood. So you mentioned watching all of these student athletes ahead of you. And so seeing what they were able to do, you know, win that first state title in school history and then follow it up. I'll never forget that first on the triple overtime. Did that, help inspire you when you got to Park Center? Yeah, it did. I remember I used to watch um, their championship games. And um, Kayla McMorris, my mom does her hair. And my mom had been doing her hair, her hair for years. So I've known her like for a while now. She was a big inspiration for me. And what has she made of what you're doing? Because Kayla, all-time leading scorer and I'll never forget the state title Park Center one where she fouled out, had to sit out all the overtimes, but her team still got the job done. But she was this fascinating, amazing player to watch, and I've gotten to know her over the years. And now you come along and are putting up 20, 30 points every game. And I don't want to say it's like watching a carbon copy of Caleb McMorris because every player has a unique set of skills, but what has she said about what you're doing? Because it's pretty cool to see that, you know, Kayla was this amazing star and now you're coming in and doing a lot of things that she was able to do. Yeah. Um, I remember my aunt, my mom always used, always used to tell me that like, you can always talk to Kayla. Like, don't forget that. So I remember I used to text her to like, get advice and she would just tell me what to do and she'll also encourage me and let me know like you're doing great and proud of you so she was um really helpful for that were there any tips or advice or feedback anything in the communication you've had with Kayla that helped you as you've made your way through the varsity ranks yeah I would say um when she told me to always stay true to yourself and play your game and don't change your game for anyone else. That really helped me a lot. What does that mean for you, having someone who had a lot of success, became one of the biggest names in prep basketball, had a solid college career playing overseas? She could do anything as far as her career, and you know she's taking time to help you out. What do you make of that uh, connection? Um, it means a lot. Like I'm really grateful for that because not too many people have like that um, leader to them or someone they can look up to who's like really close to them. So um, I'm really thankful for that, and I appreciate what she did. Is there anything from her game that you've uh, adopted into your game? Yeah, being aggressive and attacking 
the best he did. That's interesting because I remember a few years ago, Kayla told me she's apprehensive about taking charges and you mentioned you have an aggressive mindset. So are you willing to take charges? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have before, but I haven't done it a lot. But I remember one game, the Irondale game, I took a charge and I got up. I was like, coach, you owe me a sandwich because coach always said, if you take a charge, you get a Subway sandwich. <laughs> so, yeah. Did she follow through on that promise? Yeah, she did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of coaching, not only do you come in with a vastly different Park Center team than what we've been used to for several years, there's also a new line of coaches. Uh, Chris Vanderheide, he left to take another job. Barb Metcalf comes in, and you know she's been with you ever since you got to varsity, if my memory mm -hmm. is correct. Yep. So do you recall the first meeting the two of you had and the dynamic that has evolved since then? Um, yeah, I do remember um, just meeting her and like getting to know like where she's from and what's her goals for the program. But um, I really enjoy Coach Metcalf. Um, I, she's very unique and um, I like her plays and she has that aggressive mindset, too. She's very intense, and she's a fun coach. Now, do you remember your first varsity game, what you were experiencing physically, emotionally, and do you remember how many points you scored? Yes, I do remember. My first varsity game was my freshman year. Uh, it was at home, and we played against Eden Prairie. That game, I was so nervous because I was on varsity. Like, I'm playing with seniors, and it's just scary. But um, I was really nervous that game. And I had four points. So. Hey, well, Maya Moore was once held scoreless. And I was there for the one time in her professional career where she didn't score points. So even the best of us uh, don't always get the light of the score sheet. But... After that first game, how were you feeling getting those nerves out of the way? I was like, oh, this is not that bad. Like, it was a really fun game, but I was always used to scoring a lot of points. So I remember I cried because I only had four points a game. <laughs> I dread to think what would happen if you scored less than that. <laughs> what would you make? of your freshman season as a whole. You had a strong year, and even though you weren't up there in the scoring list yet, you know, we saw glimpses of your capabilities. I remember covering you in that overtime game with Wyzetta and you know, seeing yourself and Tanae Griffin and some of these younger kids, you know, everyone's wondering, how is Park Center gonna look? Are there best days behind them? And I see what you did, and we're like, yeah, I think they'll be all right. So what was that freshman season like for you? Um, my freshman season was really fun. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs because I'm younger and um, I was a big part of the team with like scoring and rebounding. So I used to really be hard on myself because I felt like I had to do good. Like, of course I wanted to do good, but like I'll put a lot of pressure on myself to do good. So that was kind of hard for me to deal with that, but my dad helped me a lot with um, 
my mentality and like the mental part of the game but it was really fun like I really saw myself grow throughout the season so that was good and what did your dad and anyone else your coaches teammates how did they help you just become more comfortable more accepting of the fact that hey you might only score four points in a game but that's not going to change what we think of you yeah that's what my dad will always tell me he was like I don't care if you score zero points or score 20 but as long as you play your best and do what you have to do to get the dub then I'll be okay you will be okay so and he my dad always tell me what you do everyone else gets the overflow so I got to do what I do for myself and everyone else will get the overflow of that so and the spiritual part he would show me scriptures and build my confidence on who I am so that was really good then your sophomore season comes along and that is when because you really started to make a name for yourself among the casual fans you were third in the state in scoring and it was like a switch had been flipped based on the stat sheet going into your sophomore season how much more comfortable were you and how much did you grow from your freshman year um my sophomore season my goal was to average um 20 25 points a game and i surpassed that but i had goals for my sophomore season so that's one of the things that really pushed me and um, helped me um, work hard and play my game. So your goal was 25, and I'm looking at the numbers as we speak. You got 27.9, so uh, you surpassed them. Uh, <laughs> but how cool was that? I know that season didn't end the way you wanted it to, but you set a goal. You wanted to score 25 points. What led you to that benchmark and how gratifying was it for you to meet it? Um, what led me was um, my confidence and my hard work. Um, working hard really builds your confidence because you know the work you put in. So you'll be comfortable with going out there and doing what you worked on. But um, I would just say like constantly staying in the gym, working hard at practice, um, pushing my teammates and just doing what I have to do to win. So, yeah. Well, if my research is correct, that season gave us your first 40-point game. You dropped 42 against Coon Rapids, and you've hit that mark a few times since then. But to go from you know, a solid freshman season to a sophomore campaign where not only do you exceed your goal of 25 points per game, you get your first 40-point game at a young phase of your prep career do you recall that first 40 point game and what that did as far as your confidence and your swagger yeah i do remember that game i scored my thousand points i remember i was 40 like 40 points away from getting 1000 points i just went for it i was like i can do it it was just... crazy because i didn't really think that like I would score 40 points like that whole season. So, so you just told yourself, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of games later, you 
dropped 42 again against Armstrong. It was uh, between that Wyzetta game where I know you struggled a little bit more in that one, but to get 42 point games in two out of three. So if anyone thought that first one was a fluke, you do the same thing again. Are you going like thinking to yourself, what is going on here? (laughs) I don't know. Like I was amazed, but, um, I don't think I should be too happy about something I'm supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to go out there and be my best. And that's what I did. And getting 40 is a part of being my best. And that's that. So if we have games next year, are we going to see you drop 50? Yes, that is a plan. (laughs) In your sophomore season, as I noted, it didn't end the way you wanted it to. You had that, surprising loss to Spring Lake Park. You had swept them in the regular season with a pair of convincing wins. And then in that section semifinal, they got the better end of it. Do you recall that game, the shock, and just what you were processing from a loss that not many were expecting? Yeah, that game was like probably one of the most hardest games I've ever had to deal with. Like, I wouldn't say I accept, I never accept losing, but, like, I see losing as a lesson. Like, okay, I can learn from it. But that game, I hated that game so much. That was just so hard for me to, like, get past. But um, I know I just have to come back next year and work hard. Like, okay, we lost. Now what am I going to do about it so that doesn't happen again? But it was hard. But I got through it. How shocking was it for you, and how long did it take to – process all of the emotions that came following a playoff loss which is usually a tough thing to do no matter what stage it is it was really shocking it was like like wow we just lost usually like especially to a team that we blow out like during the season so it was just like it was a huge upset and I'd say it probably took me like two weeks to get over it I was just so mad and I remember I never wanted to watch the film but I force myself to watch it even though like that's probably the hardest thing watching the film and so when you finally convinced yourself all right let's get through this mm-hmm. yeah how tough is that for an athlete is as you said and I think most would agree with you no one likes to lose it's a learning experience of course but you know you have to go through I'm sure you're thinking of all the little things that maybe you could have done differently so when you built up the courage to watch that film, what did you take and how do you think that helped you that following summer going into your junior year? Um, When I watched film, I looked at um, what we needed to work on as a team. And like, I pointed a lot of things with that, but individually, I um, really just focused on my mental game because that game mentally, I wasn't there. Like, I was hard on myself. I was forcing shots, and that didn't help the team. But um, I just really just focused on um, being stronger mentally and understanding what I have to do and just work on my game, being, like, um, a good player all around the board. Well, owing to your positive outlook on things, even though you had the early exit, you did finish the season third in the state in scoring. You know, when you look back and 
saw that not only were you averaging 25, but you know you were up there on a list with the likes of you know Franny Hottinger and Lauren Jensen and Grace Kerr from Duluth Marshall, some of the uh, top scorers in the state. What did that do for your confidence? Um, that helped me realize like I really made a difference. Like I did something huge my sophomore year, and. I, one thing I've learned is to not let any game define who I am. If I play a bad game, that doesn't mean I'm a bad player. So that's another way I got through it. But I looked at my accomplishments, and I was really proud of myself. Like, I had, I had a good year. And then your junior season, you averaged 30.8. So you found a way to take your – offensive capabilities even further we saw a lot of glimpses of that in your sophomore season but what do you think changed after you finished that campaign got through that spring lake park tape that you didn't want to watch had another aau season going into your junior year how did that help you prepare for one of the best seasons we've seen in a while um it really just pushed me to work harder. Like my work ethic went on a whole nother level because I didn't want to lose again. I wanted to go to state and it wasn't so much of scoring because that's really just a part of my game. But I just wanted to work on doing my best for the team and for myself. And you had a crazy season. Well, talk more about it in detail but you scored 20 points in all but one game and you had a bunch of 30 point games had a few 40 point games I mean you had some ridiculous numbers did it ever hit you that you were putting up these astronomical numbers at such a regular rate during your junior season yeah I would say towards the end my grandma she always used to fill me in on like the list with the top scorers and all that she was, she's my biggest fan, so she always keep me on, informed on, like, the articles and stuff. But when I just saw I was, like, number one in school, I was just like, wow. Like, last year I was third, now I'm number one. Like, and I'm averaging, like, 30 a game. Like, that's crazy. And I'd say one of the highlights that really got you a lot of publicity, even though you didn't win that game, was scoring 42 against Hopkins – and Paige Becker, CCX televised that game. You and Paige have a good rapport, as I've seen. You know, the two of you are highly supportive of each other, and you probably are aware of all the attention Paige and Hopkins were getting with Paige going to UConn. You, know, you dropped 42, and again, even though it wasn't a win, now people are paying more attention to you. What do you remember from that game, and what do you think changed you know, before and after you played Hopkins in that uh, offensive fireworks display? Um, that game was the most fun game I ever had in my life. Like, I will always remember that game. It was just so fun. And I remember it was kind of a redemption game for me because my freshman year when we played them, I had zero points and I fouled out. So I couldn't wait to play them again because uh, I just wanted to put my game out there. And I know a lot of teams and a lot of players are scared of Hopkins because they have many great players and they have paid. But um, I wanted to be the one to show, like, anything's possible. Like, 
you just got to go out there and play your game. And I wanted to beat them, but it didn't happen. But it was a really fun game. And my favorite play is when I was driving and I snatched back and I hit the jumper. I love that play so much. Do you remember what you and Paige talked about if you had a chance to meet up after the game? Because, you know, I'm sure Paige and Hopkins, they respect all their opponents, even though for mm-hmm. us it seems like, oh, just another win. You know, they respect the game. And like you said, it wasn't a win, but one of your most fun moments as a player. And so afterward, I have to imagine the two of you were looking at each other and like, yeah, this was a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember we just shook hands and said good game, good game. And then after we just met up and she just told me to keep working. And how I'm like, I'm up next, so. And Paige is really encouraging and very supportive. Like, um, I always used to, like, in last year, sophomore year, and freshman year, I always just text her, like, hey, like, I look up to you. Um, how do you do this? Or how do you deal with that? And she'll always, like, text me back and um, give me, like, um, really encouraging advice. So it was really cool playing against someone who I looked up to. and. I wanted to uh, compete again. So that story, you know what that reminds me of? What? How Kobe Bryant approached Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you may have seen yeah. in the Last Dance and probably heard some of the stories when that series was coming out. You know, he would hang around and bug Michael Jordan, and you know, MJ of course got that a lot, but noticed Kobe was a little different, and he just wanted to mm-hmm. soak up everything he could, and you know, you probably learned about this not just in basketball but anything and so it's cool to see that play out at the high school level so do you remember the first time you got in touch with Paige and how that rapport has grown since then um I don't recall the first time but I remember my dad used to tell me like if you have a chance to um, pull from her like do that so I I used to see her at AU tournaments. I'll say hi to her. I knew her coach um, for AU, so um, that's how I would talk to Paige sometimes. But I remember one time, it was this year actually. Uh, I was kind of dealing with like the pressure of like being a leader and how do I get my teammates involved and. Oh, there's a lot of noise in the crowd. So I text Paige for some advice. And um, she sent me, like, a really long message. But, like, it was, like, really, like, inspiring. Like, wow, like, I'm not alone in this. And she helped me a lot with that. If anyone has an ego, Paige would be the farthest from. She's always uh, kind and accommodating to, you know, media, fans. I remember waiting 20 minutes to talk to her because all these uh, younger fans wanted photos and autographs with her. And so to get a mentorship from someone you looked up to from a player that, you know, you could go toe-to-toe with, as we saw in that Hopkins mm-hmm. game, uh, what did that do for you? Um, it helped me a lot. Uh, I've always, like, looked up to her because she, she's a great player. But um, also, I want to be better than her. So just hearing that from her just helped a lot with my confidence and it pushed me. And I know not long after that, I saw you had a few more stories written about you. you know, there was a writer who 
called you the best player in Minnesota, not named Paige Beckers. What did you make of those comparisons, uh, getting those descriptions about you, and you know, reading <laughs> all of this stuff, all of these articles and video stories that are promoting what you're doing? Oh, I, I never thought I would be in the newspaper or like, have articles of me like I just never really thought that so that's pretty cool but I never really pay attention to it like if I see it I see it but um I never compare myself to others because I'm my own, I'm, I got my own game and I'm my own player but um knowing people like put me up their page like that's pretty cool because not many players get set that high so now, as fun as that Hopkins games was, and as fun as your junior season was, and there's a few more moments I want to talk about, you, know, you had to navigate at least half of it without you know, one of your companions in Tanae Griffin. Tanae was one of the centerpieces of the Park Center teams over the last few years, but you were still able to rattle off wins. I think after she went down in the Centennial game, you got back up and just found a way to keep on grinding how difficult was it not having someone that you played alongside with you know, since of your freshman year? And how did you compensate? Um, it was pretty hard because me and Tanae always played together since seventh grade, actually, Chabon basketball. But um, I realized that I had to step up and do more for the team. And as a whole, we, the team realized that we were losing one of our best players. so we had to do what it takes to get better and still do what we have to do on the court. And then after the Centennial game, you mentioned getting redemption over Spring Lake Park. Even though you split the series, uh, you do get to claim credit to your highest scoring game ever at the Target Center. 49 points in your first meeting since that section semifinal. What do you remember from that game, and how do you think that helped you put aside any demons that may have been lurking from that section semifinal the previous year? Yeah, I couldn't wait for that game. And it was at the Target Center. I, the people who, like, schedule our games messed up with putting us on playing at the Target Center going against Spring Lake Park because the lights at the Target Center is just so amazing. I love playing under the lights. So I couldn't wait to play. I remember the first half was like, it was a little struggle for me. Like I couldn't really get into my game, but I've had in my head, I'm not going to lose to them and I want to destroy them. So that second half, I just came around and I was just, I just remember just scoring like crazy. I'm just like having myself up, like, let's go. Like, it was just really fun. My favorite play that game, um, I said a ball almost went out of bounds and I saved it. And I turned around, and I just swept through, went to the basket, and got the N1. Like, N1. So that really fun that game. And to do it on the court where, you know, Maya Moore played for so many years. And, mm -hmm. you, know, we're, you know, Kobe Bryant made a few visits, I guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when L.A. came up here. You know, even though you didn't have the fanfare that you do for a state tournament or in that meeting with Hopkins, how cool was it to have your career high on the same floor 
where your favorite player, at least one of them, made a name for herself? It was it was really fun and it was amazing because like Fortnite points that's not common. So doing it at the Target Center really meant a lot to me. And I have my family and church family in the crowd. So doing it in front of the people I love the most was it meant a lot to me. It was heartwarming. Then Spring Lake Park beats you. You don't have to worry about them in the section playoffs, but yeah. You did have to go against Centennial, the team that had beaten you in the regular season meeting. And Champlain Park was no pushover either. They had mm-hmm. you know, a win over Eden Prairie in their resume. What did you sense was different about that section playoff run? Because the prior couple of years, that was the biggest thorn blocking you. And this time, you get over the hump. Um, I would say as a team, we fought more. Like, we did not give up. We didn't show no signs of fear. And we really just worked hard. And I knew I had a huge responsibility with still doing what I do, like, every night. So I really wanted to win and get to state. Uh, I did whatever I, I had to do to do that. How exciting was it? to beat Centennial in the section final and how relieved were you because you had grown up watching Michaela Hayes and Kayla McMorris and all of these players go to state every year and that was the one thing you didn't have yet up until this past season to get over that obstacle and get to say I'm going to play in a state tournament how exciting was that? It was super exciting, and it was a lot of relief because, like, wow, like, we're here. We did it. And that game, like, that was a fun game, too, because, like, we all grinded it out. And I remember, like, as a team, we wanted to get that dub really bad. So just getting it, it was just a really good feeling. And that was actually my first championship in high school. So it was fun. What was that experience like? I know the quarterfinal wasn't your best game against Stillwater after you played well the first time, but you mm-hmm. got a chance to play at Williams Arena and you know, finally make a stage you had coveted for such a long time. Yeah, um, that state game was a really fun experience. It didn't end it how I wanted to, but i got to come back next year, you know? But uh, it was really cool, but it kind of sucked how, like, teams didn't get to finish their season. Like, I know it probably hurt Hopkins the most because they were undefeated, and they are really looking forward to uh, getting another state championship, playing against a really good team. So that kind of sucked, but uh, I really enjoyed playing for state. And who knows when we'll be able to play again. We're all hoping we can take part next season. But what have the last few years taught you? And even if you don't get to play another game in high school, what have you enjoyed most about this experience? Um, I would say growing as a person. My dad always told me you can't become a better player until you become a better person. So just growing as a person and becoming strong mentally and then 
just seeing my game grow is just really good to see because um, I always want to persevere until I win. So just seeing my hard work pay off, it's just it's a lot of relief and I'm proud of myself. Another elements that I noticed about you and you've sported this over the years. I remember the first time I saw you play and I think you had a few dashes of pink in your follicles and I've seen you sport some different colors. So uh, where did you get that flair? And is that something you just like to do? Not too many players uh, will sport as many colors as you have. Um, I remember I just wanted to dye my hair red because red is my favorite color. And after I did red, my mom just kind of used me as her guinea pig to do different colors because you know, she's a hairstylist. And I like that. I had pink, red, purple, blue. I've had red, purple, and green together one time, blonde. So I don't know. I just think it's different because not a lot of people dye their hair like colorful colors. So I liked it, but I think I'm going to go back red soon. So So who's going to do your hair when you graduate, head off to college, presuming you don't stick around? Because uh, your mother, I don't know if she'll follow you, but it sounds like if she's using you to (laughs) test all of these different styles, well, how are you going to manage that? Man, I don't know. I have to find a hairstylist, sadly. And one of the articles that mentioned, you know, if you were the best score not named Paige Beckers, you spoke of wanting to become a pastor whenever you were done playing, you want to go pro first. And I certainly hope that works out. When did you first develop that spiritual connection and how has that helped you over the years? Um, all my life, like I've grown up in the word. Um, but I remember I, I wanted to be a pastor like fifth grade, I told my dad, like, dad, I'm going to be a pastor just like you. So that's always like stuck with me. And I remember when I started playing basketball, I'm like, wait, I want to be a WNBA player though. So it's kind of like, which one do I choose? But whatever is a part of God's plan, that will happen. But the plan is uh, after uh, I retire, I'll become a pastor. What led you to take up that interest at such a young age? Uh, I remember um, my dad always used to uh, preach preach to us in the house before we got our church. So just hearing him preach and reading my Bible. And my mom brought me a um, book. It was kind of like a journal and it had like scriptures in it. And it would ask me questions like, what did you learn about this section? So that really just um, inspired me to want to be a pastor and make a difference for people. I remember asking you this and you had a tough time answering because of your familiarity with scriptures, verses, and what have you. I remember asking you what your favorite verse was and you couldn't pick one. So I won't put you under that kind of pressure this time, <laughs> but you know, what are some quotes, verses that you reflect on for situations what are some you know sayings that have helped you uh i'll say mark 9 23 um anything is possible to those who believe um philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me 
um, there's another verse, um, Exodus 14, 14, and it says, um, the Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. How has that become a part of you? How is that a companion along this journey? Um, that's a huge part of my game. Um, I give all God the glory because in my toughest moments, I would pray and my dad would show me scriptures and build me up and build my confidence up and just know who I am in Christ really um, puts my confidence up here because I know I can do all things. I know God is by my side. And, um, I don't play basketball just to play it, but I play it to give God the glory and make his name famous. So um, it's a huge part of my game. And do you remember what your dad told you when you said to him, I want to become a pastor? He was like, he was like, that's good. He was like, you can be whatever you want to be. And I was like, I asked him, I was like, dad, you going to help me? He was like, of course. So, yeah. Now, do you see yourself, uh, I know you've helped record some of uh, his sermons on like Bible studies on Wednesdays. I'll see some live streams on Instagram, for example. Mm -hmm. What kind of role do you see yourself if you do follow that route of becoming a pastor? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, like right now, like I do help with like his online services or I type up his messages. Like he writes them in his notes and I type it up for him. So that's how I help out. But, um, I'm not sure about that yet. And I wonder if that's something you and Paige have ever talked about, because I remember covering a couple Hopkins games last year and <laughs> Her teammates telling me to wait for a minute because she would do a post-game prayer uh, after game. So I don't know if that's something the two of you have touched base on. Yeah, actually, um, and when I would reach out to her and just be like, oh, you had a great game or how have you been? Or, You're really inspiring. You really inspired me with this and stuff like that. She was just like, say, uh, how she wants to make God famous and she knows I'm doing it too. So that faith is really huge for both of us, but we've talked about it before, just about making God famous and doing what we got to do. So reflecting on your time as a player, what would you say was the most exciting moment and what has been the most embarrassing moment? Um, I would say the most exciting moment uh, it's just winning those games that a lot of people didn't think we could win, like the Wyzetta game this year. We were expected to lose, but we won. And that was huge. That's a 10-year game. We beat them, and a lot of people didn't think we were going to win. Um, the Hopkins game, that game was, like, really fun. I really love that game so much. One of the most embarrassing moments is when I scored zero points against Hopkins and fouled out. I was so embarrassed, like, just, I, that never happened to me. Like, I always remember that. Um, and another embarrassing moment, I'm on a, I'm getting interviewed. <laughs> Sorry, that's my oh. older sister, Tiana. Oh, hi, Adalia's sister. <laughs> you say hi, Adalia's sister. <laughs> Anyways, I was saying, another embarrassing moment, um, I would say sophomore year, I used to fall a lot in games. 
when I dropped the basket and go up, I used to fall a lot if I got fouled. So that's kind of embarrassing because my dad was like, you need to stop falling in the game before you hurt yourself. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I've seen folks like Sarah Scalia do it gracefully. So there's an art to it. <laughs> Uh, but it sounds like you've gotten a much better balance since then. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Now, a couple of things that I read about you, and you know, let me know if this is accurate, that your favorite movie is Hercules. Yes, I love that movie so much. That's my favorite. And my first thought when I read that was, like, that movie was released before you were born. So it's like, man, I'm getting old, but uh, <laughs> also an interesting choice. You know, I think you're the first person that I've met who lists that as a favorite of theirs. Yeah, I love that movie so much. Like, the singing and just the story behind it. Like, he just found his true strength that was in him and all that. It was just, it, it's really good. and. I can, like, watch that movie, like, three times a day and I get bored, but I just love it so much. And I also understand you like to write in your spare time. So what kind of writing do you engage in? Um, sometimes I write about, like, what I did that day or how I feel about certain things. Or sometimes I write about my future, like, uh, what I want to accomplish and how will I get there. I write about, um, sometimes I just write about like certain like topics like trust or how I feel about like global warming or some stuff like that. Do you see yourself going places with that? You know, as far as maybe writing poetry or articles, what kind of uh, path do you see yourself in writing? Yeah, I've um, thought about like, being a sports commentator. I think that'd be pretty fun. Well, if you are free next season, I'd be happy to have you on for a game. Hey, I'm down to do that. That'd be fun. I think that, and I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, what we should do it since uh, Jade Hill's one of your best buddies, we should uh, find a way to call a South game and then uh, watch Jade's reaction. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> That would be fun. Yeah, that would be really fun. I'll probably laugh, though. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you'd manage. It's like, oh, and Paige is done, so we can't do. We can't uh, call a game of hers because I'm sure that would be just as exciting. Yeah, really. Uh, if only I'd known, uh, but that's okay. And if you don't mind touching on that briefly, mention the friendship you've built with Caleb McMorris and Paige Beckers and how, you know, Jade Hill, one of your best friends. So you've gotten to know the Hill family, you know, the Hill sisters, you train with PJ and uh, how has that helped you as an athlete and as a person? Um, just being around people who's going to push me is really important to me. So me and Jay work out. Um, we get in the gym together too. So just working on our game together and pushing each other has been really fun. Um, knowing Taylor Hill, like, I would talk to Taylor Hill, too. Like, that's another player I look up to. I would talk to her and ask her for advice. So it's been good knowing, like, I have that connection, but their family is just, like, really all about basketball. And that's how my family is, too. So I just love being around them and getting better. 
So you know a lot of uh, basketball royalty around the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not many folks can say that, but you know, how cool is it to have with Paige and Kayla and the Hill family, you have you know three branches, all talented players, all have made an impact in the game, and all of them have helped shape you as a player, as a person. You know, how cool is that to know you have all of this guidance and support from so many different eras and levels and just history? I mean, you're getting all of this uh, interaction, all of the support from people who have left a lasting impression. Um, it means a lot because I know not a lot of people have that. So just knowing I could pull from the people who like are where I want to be or were there before just really means a lot and I've learned that I can help others um, with certain things because I've learned from the people I look up to so that's been really good. Now I'm not sure where you are as far as colleges go but what are some goals you have with life after high school basketball do you see yourself going division one you mentioned going pro uh, what are you hoping to accomplish moving forward yeah i want to go um division one playing division one and uh, eventually get drafted but i don't want to just go to college and just be a regular college player i want to go to college and make a name for myself there and when i get drafted i just don't want to go to the WBA. I want to go there and be one of the best. So my goal is to get there and be one of the best. Where do you see yourself career-wise? When you mentioned being a pastor, I mean, there could be so many different facets to it, whether mm -hmm. it's offering sermons the way your dad does, or, you know, I go to Fred Rogers, who was an ordained minister, but didn't do any kind of preaching. He used his Mr. Rogers Neighborhood program as a way to communicate the values and ideas that he had learned uh, what do you see yourself doing and how do you hope to continue inspiring the community yeah at first I wanted to do something like journalism but I kind of feel like I would get bored with that and I don't want to get bored with my job so I enjoy helping people so I've thought about going to a helping field or probably like find something like in social work or something like that. Next year, you know, you figure to be one of the top names in the 2021 class, no matter what happens. Uh, how cool is that to know you went from, you know, just getting that first ditch in sixth grade, failing to score against Hopkins in your freshman year and to now have these last couple of seasons you know, entering what should be a fun senior year, whatever happens, just what does that say about how much you've progressed as an athlete to be in the conversation <laughs> right after Paige Beckers in some cases? Yeah. Um, like I said, like I'm just proud of myself because um, I really see my hard work paying off. Like that saying is so true, hard work pays off because it really does. And when you see it, it's just, uh, really good to see because you just see yourself growing and one thing I always look for is growth in every area of my life so 
just seeing that has been fun. I just want to continue to just still have fun playing and then just be me. Now, have you and Kayla gone one-on-one -on -one against each other yet? No, not yet. If that happens, who do you think would win? Um, me. I'm not going to say I'm going to lose to anyone, so I'm going with me, Team Dow. <laughs> yeah, if you're able to set that up, let me know because I'd like to check it out. Yeah, okay, I will let you know. <laughs> I guess we'll see if Kayla agrees with your assessment or if she would uh, <laughs> think she'd win. <laughs> but that, looking forward to that. So anything else you'd like to add about your journey, your experiences, and what your hopes, your dreams are as we continue navigating this uncharted territory? Um, I'll just say that. Um, actually, I'll just say something for everybody. Um, whatever you do, um, just work hard towards your goals and don't stop until you persevere because if you stay at it, you'll get what you want. Well, you've gotten a lot of things and I can't wait to see what else you add. And this is a lot of fun just getting to learn about you. And not only do we see how you have evolved as a player, you know, it's clear you have a lot of talent, but just from talking to you and some of the things you've engaged in, you understand there's a world out there. And so whether it's, you know, encouraging your teammates or using your faith to help you get through tough moments, uh, I think a lot of folks can take inspiration from what you're doing. So just as much as you look up to Paige and Caleb McMorris and Kobe Bryant, the Hill family, I wouldn't be surprised, Adalia, if younger players or those that we haven't even seen yet, I wouldn't be surprised if they mentioned your name among inspiring figures down the road. It means a lot. Maybe next time we do this, we should just break down film with that photographic memory of yours. I imagine you talked about some of your best moments from games. If we were to sit back and watch tape, I've got a feeling you would have all these backstories behind specific plays <laughs> yeah I, I would just love to pick your brain someday so maybe we can do that a film session yeah i'm down that'd be really fun <laughs> well once again adalia thanks for the time and best of luck as you finish up your junior year academically and you know, we hope to see you soon on the court oh, thank you for having me so adalia mckenzie of park center girls basketball hopefully you'll see her in her senior season next winter we'll see what happens uh, but no matter what she's a lot of fun to watch and if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of this program virtual or in person just hit us up at tsbtelevision at gmail.com or on social media at the mike peden on twitter and instagram that does it for this edition of mike up sports thanks for watching if you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mic'd Up Sports.